Good day and welcome to the Tech Central podcast. My name is Daniel Robus. I'm your host on this Friday afternoon. It's an amazing Friday afternoon. And not especially because we've got Sean Sanders in from Cape Town, where I'm going to be in a week's time, but because we are talking all things how we can free ourselves and we can free ourselves through financial freedom and investment. It's a topic close to my heart because from knowing nothing, I'm learning a little bit more. And Sean is here to educate us even more and even more. And today I'm going to ask some wide ranging questions of Sean on Revix, on where it's going, more on the crypto market from a South African perspective. And hopefully we'll dive into some of the technology that's behind it so we can look under the hood just a little bit. I added that in, Sean, I hope you don't mind. Good afternoon no, to you. Uh, hey, Daniel. Yeah, it's good to chat again. How's Cape Town treating you today? Oh, my word. I actually just got back from London and Italy. So just a little FYI to everyone out there. Please don't travel during this COVID period. I, well, travel internally within South Africa, but international <laughs> travel is not a lot of fun. But I'm back. It's nearly summer. It's coming. It sort of feels like we're getting there. So I'm quite excited about that. I'm still the whitest guy in Cape Town, so I'm going to be working on a tap. <laughs> uh, that, and what is the feeling like over the waters, having not traveled in such a long time? I'm so envious. What's the general mood out there? I, I don't think you should be envious, to be honest with you. I mean, it was nice to be abroad and nice to sort of be able to walk around without a mask on and walk into shops and malls and all the rest without any face masks on. But I mean, overall, it sort of feels like it's back to normal. Honestly, I mean, you can go to a football game. You can live life normally. Mm. There's COVID protocols when you get to the airport, but thereafter, it seems pretty open. And I'm hoping South Africa gets there pretty soon as well. And Sean, were you there on conference or on vacation? I was meeting up with new investors. So, you know, hopefully we can announce some pretty big news around that pretty soon as well. Fantastic. I hope it went so, so well. We're so glad to have you back, Sean. Last time, you took away some of the fears that I had from a perspective of investments, and you just made it clear on how easy it was. And I'm a real supporter of what Revix has put out there, just from a perspective of it's understandable for me. But it's been really busy in your part of the world. What is happening in the crypto market at the moment? Ooh. What a question. So you've seen Bitcoin hit a million rand. That's 1 million rand per Bitcoin, per one digital token. Once upon a time, it was 10,000 rand for one yeah. Bitcoin. When I first joined the space, by the way, it was 840 rand, which is crazy, right? I mean, 840 rand back, gosh, when was that? 2014 odd. I mean, this was sort of just before all the Silk Road drama happened. Yeah. And now we sit here today and you've got countries that adopted Bitcoin as legal tender. You've got the entire cryptocurrency market because there's a lot more out there than just Bitcoin, right? So you've got the entire cryptocurrency market worth roughly, as things stand today, about $2.8 trillion. But I mean, it got up to $3 trillion. Now, if you want to compare that, the JSE has a total market capitalization. So that's taking Woolworths, that's taking Naspers, taking literally ShopRite, go through all the listed companies in South Africa, the big behemoths. Uh, if you get all of those combined, the total value there is $1.1 trillion as things stand right now. The cryptocurrency market is around that $3 trillion mark. Now, if you go and you take all the private companies in South Africa, quite aggressively, you would say that there's another trillion dollars potentially sitting in South Africa. So you've got an entire South African business market, the corporate market, all those businesses that you see out there. 
those are currently worth roughly one third less than the total cryptocurrency market. That is phenomenal. That's how big wow. this is. This is far too big to ignore. And so what has happened? It's gone mainstream. Bitcoin, crypto, Ethereum, Litecoin, you know, all the stuff we were talking about five years ago, it's arrived. And you know, I think it's a little bit too big to ignore now. It doesn't matter if you're an asset manager or just sort of an everyday Joe. What does that mean for you from a Revix perspective? Does it increase your competition in the market or how does this affect you? Well, I think, yes, it does increase competition in the market, which is healthy. I always say, you know, if there's somebody that can come and do what we do better, then overall, that's a net positive for society. Okay. And we open to competition. We want to compete with players. I think right now, Revix is a bit of an underdog, if you want to call it that, relative to some other players within South Africa who have slightly more established. They've been around for a while. But, you know, we've got some investment funding from a big bank. It's sort of the first time I'm saying that out publicly on air. We have got JSE listed funding behind us. So we've had a lot of interesting developments and nothing. Watch the space. We want to grow. We don't want to just remain in the crypto space either. We are planning to move into the more traditional investing realm, meaning, you know, sort of getting involved with traditional equities or stocks, as a lot of people would call them. So yeah, I guess you got to, you know, sort of watch the space. Hopefully yeah. some news is coming out soon. I'm enjoying both the volatility and the fluidity of the environment. Can we just circle back? You made a statement that countries are making crypto legal tender. What does that mean? Well, so currently, and South Africa is a slight exception to most other countries, but other countries have sort of said, okay, how do we regulate cryptocurrencies? South Africa sort of stood back and said, listen, you know, we don't want to be dealing with crypto whatsoever. We're not going to put a regulatory framework in just yet. And so we're still waiting on that, which is a bit frustrating, certainly for the industry participants like us. But, you know, the UK has treated cryptocurrencies as sort of their own unique asset class. Some other countries like areas in the US, various states, they've treated cryptocurrencies like commodities. You've got Japan who's treated cryptocurrencies like a currency. So all these different nations around the world are treating cryptocurrencies slightly differently. Then you've had a select group of nations predominantly in South America that have now come out to say, listen, we're going to treat Bitcoin the same as local currency. And that has been a big move forward. So all of a sudden, the adoption of something that once upon a time seemed near impossible to become actually a fiat currency equivalent, a fiat currency being like pounds, rand, so everyday currency equivalent, something that you could use to buy that morning coffee is yeah. now there. So if I'm in Santiago and I want to get a cup of coffee, I could pay for it in Bitcoin or Ethereum. Is that what you're saying? At this okay. point in time, it's just Bitcoin. But yeah, when a country adopts a currency as legal tender, what that yeah. technically means is if you offer somebody this currency as a means of payment, they can't turn it away and say, listen, we want another form. Okay. And that's really the big development that's taking place. Wow, that is momentous. That just lays the tracks for so many options. Why are we reserved on it? Do you think that we're waiting to see which one of these is the common one. What is your, what do you think, why the reticence? I think it's, to be honest, and I'll be very outspoken about this. I don't mean to say anything bad or insult anyone. I think there isn't people that actually understand what's going on. Okay. That's the truth. The okay. space is incredibly complicated, right? As much as we're trying to demystify it, there's things to learn and follow every single day. Big developments are occurring in the market. China just a few months ago went and banned all cryptocurrency use. There's big developments like that occurring pretty much every single two weeks or so. Wow. Now, wow. staying up to date with that market is 
you know, challenging enough. So yeah. that aside, I think if you start sort of just looking at the rest of the cryptocurrency market and what's going on, it's like sort of where do you draw the line? So number one, Bitcoin is a way of transferring value from one party to another. It's also acting as sort of a digital gold, sort of like a gold 2.0, a way for you to be able to hold your value in times of inflation and all the rest. Then you've got Ethereum, which is very different to Bitcoin, right? So Ethereum acts as sort of a blockchain as a service like solution, whereby you can build little applications on top of Ethereum. You could have, let's say, like a bank that acts as a little bit of an application that acts as like, let's say, a peer-to-peer lending sort of application, whereby I can go and say, listen, I want to lend you money, Daniel. I'm not going to go through any intermediary like a bank, because currently a bank would take my money and they'll obviously do this on a collective basis and then lend money out to other parties and then take some sort of a commission or spread on doing that. You're able to now do that through applications and that's all being built on top of Ethereum. Then you've got these title deeds and legal ownership certificates being issued on blockchains. So if you think about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which has been sort of a big craze this year, these digital certificates, which essentially represent ownership of something, are completely changing the way that we think about ownership. I mean, if I go and I say, I'm looking for a phone, I don't have my phone around me right now, but if I go and look at this pen as an example, and I say, well, how do you know that I actually own this pen? Right now, I would have to prove that I own this pen in some way, shape, or form. Yes. I would actually have to go and try to dig up my receipt or yes. find my proof of purchase in a bank. You could have a digital certificate that represents ownership of this pen that was issued to me when I purchased it. That is where the world is going. That is going to happen, right? It's just when does that get implemented and how? But currently in certain countries, you can actually have digital certificates of ownership for property, for cars, for you name it, being issued on blockchains. And that's now this whole other market. So you look at this and you go like, how on earth do you actually come out and regulate this? Because it is challenging. I mean, gosh, if it was easy, they would have definitely have done it. Uh, so we're talking actively with the regulators and we're hoping that they will come around to it. But it is a very big educational curve, right? Hence why we're having these sort of podcasts so that people yeah. can learn more about the space. So if we went all the way back and we look at the heart of this matter, I've got money and I want to invest it to make more money. You want me to invest with you rather than the traditional bricks and mortar you want me to send and expand my freedom. I'm buying my freedom here. Why should I do it through a Revix type of organization? What systems are in place? How am I sure that you're not going to up sticks and go to Dubai with my hard-earned money? Good question. And I think more people should be asking this of the providers in this space. So, I mean, the one I guess the one point to look at before you look at any single platform, right, is go look at who's behind this business. There are people behind all these businesses, right? If you can't find them on LinkedIn, if you can't find them on Facebook, don't do business with them, right? Do your homework. <laughs> it's not a case of running out there and finding this, I don't know, this new platform that's offering you the best rates and giving you money back. And I uh, know, just go do your research. I think that's a good starting point. Okay. The second thing I think to note is then once you find a reputable company or a company that you think is reputable, reach out to their customer support, ask them some questions. You know, what security processes do you have in place? Something that we've done recently is we went out to Mazars and we asked Mazars, which is a big accounting firm in South Africa, probably a top five accounting firm. We asked them to audit us and to say, listen, we want to release a proof of reserves audit to the market. And what this means is we asked Mazars to verify that our customer assets are securely held and are actually there. And Mazars came back and you actually can go to our website right now and you can download that proof of reserves audit. Now, 
We're the first to do this in South Africa. We're still the only platform to do this in South Africa. And I think that's disgusting. And I'm going to kind of call out the other platforms in South Africa for not going ahead and doing this. And the reason being is if you look at MTI, look at the KG brothers, look at a lot of scams internationally. I mean, these happened because for whatever reason, no one was caring about the customer assets that were sitting in the background. You can see I'm quite passionate about, Mm. you know, sort of this approach. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, we are acting as Revex in a fiduciary capacity, looking after customer funds. We need to maintain the highest security standards that can possibly exist. And I mean, yeah, I can talk about the encryption we use and all the rest, but that doesn't matter if the assets aren't sitting in a vault or aren't sitting, and when I say a vault, sort of like more of a digital storage facility or aren't being stored with a professional custody partner. Mm. So what we're trying to say to South African crypto asset service providers, as they're called, CASPs, that you should be doing a proof of reserves audit. You should be telling your customers with a third-party verification or third-party audit or third-party something that you actually hold the assets you say you hold. If we have another MTI-like saga, and this is the Murray Trading International saga that occurred, if you have another one of those in South Africa, the regulators are going to come down harder on all the other legitimate Mm. platforms Mm. and the users, the everyday people that want to engage in the space get scared away. So, yeah. I mean, for us, it's like we, I can go into a lot of detail around all of this, but in a nutshell, we I have put security processes in place and, you know, you can ask us for more information around this as well. So, Sean, the first step is do your research. If you can find them online, call the call center, find out if they're reputable and they exist. And the second one is look at how they treat my money. So, proof of reserves is one. There was something about secure keys from a Bitcoin perspective? Do you look after those? Do they become mine? What, what happens? Uh, let's actually grab this and show you what this looks like. So one of these, these are called trezors. And you get trezors and edges. And essentially, those are a way of securing cryptocurrency, right? Because at the end of the day, you get access to crypto through a private key. So this is essentially a long digit. Imagine something like your bank account number. But if you have that, you're able to access the keys. Now, there is sort of the saying in crypto where it's like, not your keys, not your crypto. Now, right. we sort of challenge that a little bit at Revix. And that's not to say that we don't think it's a good idea for people not to custody their own cryptocurrency, i.e. to look after their own cryptocurrency, to buy one of these bad boys and then look after their own crypto. But the issue is that for 99% of people out there that I know that have done this, something's happened. Either you, yeah. firstly, yeah. if you live in South Africa, somebody approaches you with a gun, you're going to give them your keys. The second thing, you know, if you lose this, you lose your, your money, right? Yeah. So what we think is the better solution for most customers, it's not all customers, but for most customers, is to go take their funds, so take our customers' funds and put them with a third-party custody provider that has insurance. So should something happen to them, Lloyds of London, which is the insurance party, would be able to come out and pay the customers. And that's, to me, for most customers at least, I think the better way to get exposure to the space. And you know, maybe so for some. So it's a low risk. It's a volatile market. We understand that. It's changing as we find, but it's low risk from a perspective of Sean upping sticks and buying a little island with my money in the Bahamas. Gosh, I would love to buy the other thing I just think I value a lot more is, you know, I I want to be around for a long time. I'm sort of very long-term greedy with Revix. And I have this saying, I'm going to get off topic for a moment here. But you know, the Guptas Guptas came into South Africa. They obviously paid their way, and and this is controversy and all the rest, but like they obviously paid their way to get coal mining facilities and all the rest set up. And they then kind of upped and left really quickly, right? Mm. So they didn't land up actually creating this long-term asset. They've essentially paid this upfront cost to get into government's pockets. Like, why not create this really successful business and be long-term greedy? I just, it didn't make sense to me that they landed up doing that. It was like sort of very short-termist. 
if yeah. I can call it that. So yeah. with Revix, I mean, I'm long-term greedy, super long-term greedy, and I like to have a good reputation. So, you know, hopefully you can go look online as well. Revix is the highest rated investment platform in Africa. So that's something we're proud of as well. Talk to me about Africa. What's Revix's plans for African expansion? So we are looking at North Africa. Any country that has a volatile currency, so okay. the RAND is a perfect example, becomes quite attractive when you start looking at crypto, right? Because, yeah. well, you know, if you invest in Bitcoin or you invest in RANDs or you invest in the Naira or whatever the story may be, it's, you know, a way for you to hold your wealth and then be able to move it around the world without the restrictions that sometimes come with central banks. Yeah. Now, there is controversy around, you know, in South Africa and Nigeria, there is exchange controls. And there's a lot that needs to be worked out in terms of being able to remove money using crypto versus using traditional currency. But I think over the long term, it will be worked out. So we do have an active Africa plan. We plan to expand into North Africa over the next few years. At the moment, we're sort of tentatively moving there, but quite slowly, we'd like to be positioned there in the next year or so, though. Excellent. Excellent. And all that's doing is it's creating another option for customers it's also creating more jobs, more footprint. It's brilliant. What I was leaning on is why would people be afraid of you being there? The obvious is because you are more competition. What about the nefarious people investing in your side? Do you care where the money comes from that goes into your platform? Of course. No, I mean, at the end of the day, we do KYC on every customer. You're adhering to the same banking onboarding protocols that you would have with any financial institution. It's, it is a banking grade onboarding. And what that means is, you know, we actually go a bit further than what you'd currently do with your bank. Currently with your bank, you would have your ID documents submitted. You may have proof of where you address, a proof of address check. We do that as well. And then in addition to that, we do a liveness check. So we actually take a live video of you, and this is through your phone, and we compare that video that you've shown us to a photo of your passport and we do an image recognition check using some AI in order to say whether or not this is actually you opening the account and that prevents identity fraud. And I mean, of course we have to, if you're not doing that in the crypto space, I think right now, then you probably are facilitating something that's dodgy and that's certainly yeah. not where we want to be. Okay. I'm not a fanboy of Revix, but I may become one. The application process was easy it was efficient. Flip, I enjoyed it. So it's, I've got to try other people. I've got to give you some competition. So I'll take some funds and go and find someone else. You know, Revix has a whole plethora of investment options. Is Bitcoin just where it's at? Are we wasting time with the others? Why should we invest anywhere else? So Bitcoin's the top of the iceberg. I mean, if I use another analogy, it's sort of like the gateway drug into crypto. Because once you've bought Bitcoin, it, it's true. Unfortunately. Sure, <laughs> I can't write. It's the gateway drug into crypto, but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally the gateway drug into crypto because people buy Bitcoin and they're like, okay, let me learn about this old crypto Bitcoin thing. And Bitcoin then is synonymous with the broader crypto market. And then you realize, oh, wait a second. There isn't just the currency part, i.e. the moving money from one party to another part, or maybe like the store of value side of things where Bitcoin can act like gold. You've got this whole other crypto market that exists. And Bitcoin's actually been a pretty terrible performer relative to the likes of Ethereum, Solana, Polkadot. I mean, you can go through the list of the different cryptocurrencies on Revix's website, and you can actually look at the performance of each of these assets. Mm. And Bitcoin's well underperformed all the other assets. I mean, it's probably at about 40% relative to Ethereum over the last 12 months. And I mean, the returns have been substantial. I mean, Bitcoin's up, you know, nearly 200%. Ethereum's up 340% over the last year. Solana's up a crazy 10,000%. 
And that's the weird thing, right? Because you hear percentages like that. And a lot of people go, no, that's about like no way that that's actually real. But you had a piece of software because that's what cryptocurrencies are. You had this protocol, this cryptocurrency called Solana, build essentially an ecosystem that could challenge Ethereum. And Ethereum at that point in time, I'm rewinding now 12 months, but Ethereum was sitting there at a $180 billion market cap. I mean, today Ethereum is about $550 billion. But Ethereum was becoming so successful that its blockchain was actually becoming congested. Now, you know what it's like when something becomes too big and becomes inefficient, competitors pick up. And that's exactly what's happened. You've got Cardano, you've got Solana, you've got Polkadot, all these different cryptocurrencies vying for now Ethereum's dominance, which is really interesting to see. That's amazing. You know, I was having a discussion with someone I'm in business with, and we have funds which are there. And I'm saying, why are we not invested in this? Why, why are you not getting this rate? Now we've got it in a fixed account. What was your return over the last six months? Really good, 8%. And I'm looking at 35% month on, it's just the numbers are just crazy. How long will the wave last in your opinion? That's impossible to say, unfortunately. I wouldn't even try guess. You yeah, look, I think you have to take a longer term approach. I know everyone wants to make a quick buck, right? People want to be able to print some money and they want that to double or do whatever it does. And But realistically, you have to zoom out. I mean, this is, if this is the approach that we believe you should take in a crypto market. And hence why we've built the products that we've built. Zooming out and looking at the returns that you've got over the last 10 years investing in the crypto space, which means you would probably have invested in Bitcoin to start with because there wouldn't have been any competitors you see a return that is in the tens of thousands of percent for Bitcoin, right? If you look at then Ethereum, Polkadot, Cardano, Solana, zoom out again, look at the longer term returns. These, you know, once upon a time, these cryptocurrencies were worth a few US cents. Some of these are worth, you know, close to 20, 40, $30,000, right? Mm. Bitcoin's obviously worth to now a million rand, right? That growth opportunity comes about from adoption, i.e., mm. you know, people actually using these different blockchains, and the potential that sits ahead. Remember, there's a lot of value that's being placed here on the potential opportunity that sits in 5, 10, 15 years' time. If one of these cryptocurrencies, and you know, there's loads of cryptocurrencies out there, there's 6,000, 99.99% of those are going to completely fail. But the handful that land up succeeding are going to completely change society and not from a trying to change the way that we move money around like in you know as acting as a dollar or a rand no mm. that's the top of the iceberg that's when you enter the crypto space that's what you think this is all about mm. it's actually the way that the entire financial system works in general and how people engage with one another as well all mm. of a sudden you don't rely on central parties when it comes to finance when it comes mm. to information you start relying with networks Mm. And that's the power that crypto has to offer. And I mean, I can go down this rabbit hole, but I mean, we, I don't think we have oh, yeah, time. No, I, I, I could listen to it for ages and maybe we'll do it over a beer. But Sean, we see a lot of market fluidity, but we also see people fluidity, especially in South Africa. I've invested now and I've moved to London. What happens to my investment? Where do I access it? Can I access it? What does it mean for me? So if you invest with Rubix, it doesn't matter where you are in the world you can still access your investment. We don't lock a customer out of their account. We will always adhere to local regulations. So if you are based in the United Kingdom, we would need to adhere to the FCA's requirements, which means being regulated there and registered there, which is a process we're actually going through at this point in time. If you're based in Russia or you know some other country that may be on a red list where we can't deal with, we would return your funds to 
to some account that would not be located within that jurisdiction, but you'll always get your money back, right? I mean, there's no benefit for us to you know, keep a customer's funds or make life But I'm not going to have to come back, repatriate the funds in rands and then get it in pounds. No, we can make a payment to whichever account, provided okay, that it's cool. your account. Bro. So from my perspective, if we had to move, and Jackie and I moved to Chile, and we wanted to carry on from a Revix investment perspective in cryptocurrency, I could get it in Chilean pesos at that time. I don't have to be bound here just because I started this in South Africa. Well, you, might, you might make Revix's life a little bit difficult, but yeah, I'm sure, you know, we, we can always make a plan. Okay, cool. That's very good to know. So when I say we can make a plan, obviously we have to, as I said before, adhere to all the laws and all the rest. We won't hold you to that. And Jackie and I are firmly in South Africa, so there's no worry about that. But from a perspective of people who are like me, have been a little bit skeptical and haven't dived in, if you want to put your foot in the water and get into crypto, there are easy ways to get into it. I don't have to be an IT guru. I don't have to be an investment guru. Apparently, you're launching an app, so I don't even have to log onto the web anymore. I can just use an app. How's that coming on? Oof, I don't know. How, I don't have a lot of gray hairs over that, but no, the app's nearly there. <laughs> yeah, super, super close. I'm hoping early in 2022, I'll be able to come on the show and mention that we've released that. So I'm really looking forward to that. We do have some really interesting promos that yes, are on the go at the moment, which I'd love to, to mention. So Let's chat uh, about Christmas specials. We like those. Yeah, well, Christmas specials and even November, so early Christmas specials okay. as well, yeah. So you can currently go onto our website. Signing up for an account is really easy. We have to FICA you, so you go through the, just the normal FICA process. That's also really effortless. Once you've gone through that process, you can make an investment and it's a you know, simple EFT. We receive the funds and then you choose which product to invest in. Now, you can invest in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Polkadot, a whole host of single cryptocurrencies on our platform. But what makes Revix really unique and what actually makes up a good portion of the assets that we actually hold on behalf of customers are cryptocurrency bundles. Mm. So a cryptocurrency mm. bundle is sort of like a Satrix top 40, but for okay. cryptocurrency. So instead of you going out and trying to buy a whole entire portfolio of cryptos and trying to diversify your risk, you can come to us and with a single investment, get exposure to more than 80% of the cryptocurrency market through our top 10 bundle. Or you could say, okay, I'm wanting to explore this crypto space a little bit more. Let me go look at the smart contract cryptocurrencies. So those are the ones like Ethereum, like Solana, like Polkadot, like Cardano, that have sort of got a blockchain as a service offering where applications can be built on top of. And you can go invest in that bundle. We've got a very specific bundle for that. Okay. And then we've got another bundle which focuses on the payment-orientated cryptocurrencies. So the likes of Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ripple that are looking to become actually challenges to rands and dollars that we know today. Okay. I mean, you had 6.5% inflation in the US that came out yesterday. Now, that's got alarm bells going off. Oh my gosh, like what is inflation? Ultimately, dollar value that's being lost over time. And you sort of saw the crypto market respond in a positive way. But I'm getting off point. The special that we're running is that you can invest in any of our bundles with absolutely no fees as of today. Wow. So that's the buy transaction with no fees at all. It's still the sell fee if you sell out of it. But yes, again, we're looking yes, for longer term yes. investors. So that we're just wavering our entire purchase fee starting from today. That's outstanding. So if I take my 10,000 bucks and I invest today, I'm going to get 10,000 rands worth of value, no admin fees on top of that. Brilliant. Come on, buy your freedom, people. Is there any other one you want? Because I've got a couple more questions that I'd love to ask you. No, I think that's it from a promotion side of things. I mean, I could definitely go into all the stuff that we will be launching. Watch out for Black Friday. 
think that's something else I could mention. But okay. for this time, I think just the bundles is the promo that we're going to be talking about. Excellent. We'll check that out on Revix.com. The metaverse, any advantages that you see for Africa in the metaverse? I see massive advantages for Africa in the metaverse. This, and I'm going to now talk about South Africa in particular, but this applies to the whole of Africa. Labor is affordable here. Living is more affordable. I mean, there's this weird feeling. I'm sure you share this, Daniel. When you go over to any other country, you always just feel poor. That's also (laughs) just because the standard of living in South Africa is really good. And you're able to live a good life with less money than, say, in the United Kingdom or the US or wherever else. Now, I think the metaverse is going to completely open up and you can look at the gaming side of things. You can look at the workplace side of things. But if you're looking at talent in the workplace, right? And currently you would have office environments, right? And COVID came in and changed that, right? Where it was like, listen, you actually have the ability to work from home and you can work from home effectively. Now, all of a sudden you put on, let's say some VR headsets and you get the best of both worlds of being in the office and being next to someone, but actually working from home. And I think it's that sort of evolution, which becomes quite interesting, right? Because wow. you've got this digital world that exists concurrently to the physical world that we know today. I mean, I think the possibilities are endless. It's a big part of the future. We know it's part of the future. It's been part of the world that we've been in for a long time, right? Video games really constructed this metaverse idea to start with. And I think we're just getting started. So there's a lot of exciting stuff ahead. A big positive at the end of the day for Africa, definitely. So what is your philosophy in an elevator pitch of bridging the divide between physical and digital in that way? Where do you want to take us? So I don't think there's going to be a separation per se. I think this is all coming together. You're seeing this now, right? You've got a, let's just use a weird example right now, right? So you go and you take a photo of something, right? That something exists in the physical world. That photo exists in the digital world. Now, that's like a very overly simplified sort of idea about what this could all mean. But if you start thinking about your character or your persona in the digital world, that could maybe be something that's a little bit more self-created, but in the physical world, you're something else. So you can land up being in both worlds at the same time. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people that I think I talk to them about this, they get a little freaked out because it's weird, right? It's new. Mm. And I think mm. anything new scares people. But this is an opportunity for us to, you know, essentially express ourselves in different ways, mm. to get educated in different ways. All of a sudden, you don't have to be sitting in a classroom. You can, you know, immerse yourself in an experience by doing this all digitally. So I think, you know, it is the start of something really, really big. And I don't really have an elevator pitch in terms of trying to sell the metaverse. It's coming, it's happening, it's here. You're either going to be in the camp that you embrace it, and I think you lean into it and you benefit from it, or alternatively, you'll be like, listen, this is just, you know, I'm old school. I don't want to deal with this. And then that's the camp you'll sit in. Okay, my last question on this. When are you introducing metaverse gaming coins on the platform and when can I buy them? Oh, that's a great question. Actually, we have not had a customer ask that, but we have looked at a Metaverse bundle. We would like to introduce something in that realm early next year. I don't want to make any promises, but it is a, I think this is an area, you know, if we rewind, actually, I think in one of our prior podcasts, I spoke about DeFi, decentralized finance. And that was back when it was a $6 billion little market, right? Little market, $6 billion. Today, that's sitting at $120 billion, right? This huge growth. And that's not in a long period of time. I personally think, and again, I could be entirely off here, but I think the metaverse could just be the start, right? This could be the similar sort of thing where you're looking at a very small market where in 10 months, 12 months, 24 months, this is the same sort of story. Got to watch that. Yeah, we've got to watch that because early adopters, if we've learned anything from Bitcoin, 
early adopters tend to make really good returns on these. Sean, we're coming to the end of our time. I know you've got a busy Friday afternoon in Cape Town. Welcome back to it. What questions should I have asked in this November episode? What would you have liked everyone to know about Revix and where we're going? I think one thing that a lot of people have asked us recently is, you know, have I missed out, right? They, they come to us and go, okay. this crypto market's grown so much over the last five years. Yeah, I'm late to the party. I wish I had invested before. And I felt that same feeling. And I mean this sincerely. I'm not just trying to give you a sales pitch here. I think back to when I first got into crypto, 2014, running into 2015. And I remember being like, wow, like I've missed out. You know, at that point in time, Bitcoin had grown in value at about 120% over the last year. And I was like, oh, I've missed it. It's got its value. I'm too late to all of this. And then come 2016, you know, come 2017 and the massive bull market that happened, everyone sort of said the same thing. There is no end point to all of this, right? The tech boom that started in the early 2000s with Amazon, Microsoft, Pets.com, all of that, Look at where it is today. The most valuable companies in the world are tech-focused, right? And I think you're going to start to see the same thing in the crypto space. This isn't just a once-off wave. And don't get me wrong, obviously, prices do increase and they come back down and they increase and they come back down. But the trend is undeniable. It's coming from the bottom left to the top right. There is growth in this industry. Look at some industries like electric vehicles. Look at, let's say, gene therapy. Look at biotech. Look at AI. It's no one's disputing that these are going to be bigger parts of our future. Blockchain is a big part of the future as well. And crypto exists in the world of blockchain. You don't have blockchain and crypto not working together. You have to have the sort of decentralized nature of blockchains for them to add value. So, you know, again, I'm a proponent of this industry. I think this is just the start still. We're not, you know, it's still weird. And the moment that that stops being weird is the moment that this has now become mainstream. Yeah. You think about, and this is the last thing I think I'll say, if you think about the way information is shared over the internet, so let's say with HTTPS as an example, right? That's weird. People don't know how that, how that works. Most people don't. I mean, gosh, but, but you know how, Exactly. That's, yeah. but that's what the internet can offer you, right? That you understand what the internet can offer. Yes. That's the power of the internet. Who cares how the blockchain works? Yes. It doesn't matter. It's what it can do. And I think that's the question people now need to start asking. Wow. I have so much to ask, but I fear that, we're going to go down a rabbit warren. There's so much here. I'm going to take out of this that it's not too late. You haven't missed out. Invest in this. The tech is good. We didn't even get into the billing systems and how you're running Revix and where you're going. Maybe that's a discussion for next time when they can keep me on track. I find it really energizing hearing from you again, Sean, and where you're taking your team. I hope you've had a good time away and I hope you get some time off. I know that funding and asking for funding and drumming up support is arduous work. I work in sales after all, so I do this for a living. And I just want to wish you a very, very happy end of year. And to you and the team, carry on making positive growth for South Africa and Africa. We count on companies like you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. I really appreciate that. Looking From me, Daniel Robus, I'm going to say thanks to Sean and the Revix team and uh, goodbye.